Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, we're talking about that January crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we jump in tonight's topic, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. And it seems that this might possibly become a weekly segment. Episode 122 was my travel crystal ball stories. If you haven't listened to that episode for Christmas, I received a travel crystal ball, very similar to the eight ball of my youth. But this one has the ability and the powers to focus on travel and make travel predictions for the coming year. So it comes in pretty handy for somebody that does a fair amount of travel. Last week, it was an update on all of the cleanliness stickers from the hotel. So the magic travel crystal ball predicted that we will see it would see a demise in all of these stickers that are decorating the insides of hotel rooms. I spent about eight days on the road a week or so ago. Uh, The CEO and myself went away this past weekend, and we actually reported on it in last week's episode. Yet, Yes, these stickers are diminishing, and you knew they would. Uh, There were stickers all over the place over the summer. Bedside tables, mirrors, every mirror in the hotel had some kind of a COVID or a cleanliness sticker. And I predicted, or I'm sorry, the magic crystal ball predicted that these would not be replaced as readily as they had been over the summer. And that is true. We checked into a Hilton this past weekend. While there were little cleanliness packets or sandy white packets all over the place, there definitely weren't as many stickers, except for, of course, the Hilton Break the Seal sticker across the door jam. So this week, we are updating the prediction that the Magic Travel Crystal Ball made that said airlines will need to adjust their travel reward programs. The prediction was that it would be late spring when they did this and the updates would be focused on extending status for existing members again, and then offer or some kind of encouragement for some summer travel. Well, Southwest drew first blood. I got this email the other day, Dateline Dallas, Texas. The subject line was, we're extending companion pass benefits. The email went on to say, for our current companion pass members who received an extension of their earned companion pass status through June 30th of 2021, which was true. We got an extra six months out of it. Southwest is now extending my benefits another six months. I get to enjoy, or the CEO gets to enjoy the companion pass through December 31st of 2021. This was huge. I really didn't think Southwest was going to do this. Uh, you know, we were planning to at least cram one last companion pass trip uh, before it expired at the end of June. School ends, I don't know, somewhere around uh, May, middle of May or so. So we we're going to try to do one trip before the end of June. Now we get you know an extra six months out of it. Hats off to you, Southwest. They also added a bit of a bonus in achieving 2022 companion pass status. 
They're going to give me 25,000 companion pass qualifying points and 25 qualifying one-way flights towards the pass. So now I only need 75 more flights in the next 11 months. Uh, 100,000 points is what I need to hit the companion pass on points. Typically, it's 125,000. They gave me a 25,000-point kicker. That may be possible. We may have to do a little bit of financial strategization around Chateau Relaxo, but that could be achievable if we do it right. And not to be outdone, Marriott in February is going to deposit half of elite nights into your current elite status, meaning that typically if you are titanium, it takes 75 qualifying night stays to uh, maintain that for the next year. They're going to dump 38 nights into your account balance. If you're platinum, typically it's 50. They're going to give you 25 elite nights. Not a bad gig. They are adding to that with a double points and double elite qualifying night program. So from the middle of February through right around the end of April, uh, Marriott will award double points and double elite nights on stays of two nights or more. If you're traveling two nights or more and you have a Marriott uh, reward program, definitely book there. Typically, Marriott's pretty stingy with their points. This isn't a bad deal for me. I'm lifetime platinum elite with Marriott, and I think that equates to about 600 nights and 10 years of platinum. I'll take double points. Uh, one of our favorite hotels that we talked about in last week's episode is a Marriott property in Savannah. Would I ever shoot for a lifetime titanium? Uh, you know what? I doubt I'd ever hit it. I'll be happy with my Hilton lifetime uh, diamond for now. On to tonight's topic. And typically, we start an episode with a quick trip around the travel interwebs. Tonight, we're not only going to take a quick trip, but we're going to focus on crazy travel that we found across the interwebs. And that's where we're going to stay. Right off the bat, I'm going to let you know that it is rare that I dip my toe into the political rhetoric. Here's my take on politics, term limits, and re-elect no one. That's right, term limits, and don't re-elect anybody. You can send your complaints to travelfrick at gmail.com. However, there are some political things that are too good to pass up on. Good friend Robbie Morris sent us this one. Senator Mitt Romney is heckled while traveling to D.C. And this started out earlier in the month when Romney released a statement that went along the lines of the plan by fellow Republican senators to oppose the voting certification for several states is an egregious ploy that dangerously threatens our Democratic Republic. In case you've been living in a hole, yes, there was some uh, opposition to the voting certification from several states. Fast forward into the middle of that week when Romney was traveling from Utah to D.C. And Romney, being an easily recognized person, was confronted over this statement, not only in the airport, but as well as by passengers on a crowded flight that could be heard chanting, traitor, traitor, traitor. One person even called for Mitt Romney to resign, adding, Mitt Romney, you don't listen to your constituents. Most of the video evidence of these exchanges have been removed, so go figure that. But not only did Mitt Romney not listen to his constituents, 
He did not listen to the great President Reagan, who was known to say, dance with the one that brung ya. Mitt, listen up. And this ends this week's Political Corner. Oregon Live gives us the something that you've always wanted to do story of the week. Title, you do what you got to do. Airline passenger at PDX throws punches after kids kick her seat, faces assault charges. A 29-year-old woman faces assault charges after police say she attacked another woman on a flight that had just landed at Portland International Airport this past Sunday. The trigger for the alleged assault, children kicking the back of her seat. Daydrina Jaslyn Walker hyphen Williams, four names plus a hyphen, Daydrina Jaslyn Walker Williams pulled her luggage from an overhead bin and then turned and punched fellow passenger Natalie Hernandez several times, leaving Hernandez with a bleeding lip and lumps to her head. Walker Williams admitted that she hit Hernandez two to three times in the face with her fist. She went on to tell police that she was upset. Mrs. Hernandez's children, ages three and seven, kicked the back of her seat and stated she told Mrs. Hernandez to ask her kids to stop. She said Hernandez ignored her and later hit her on the shoulder. Walker Williams said she did not tell a flight attendant about the thump to her shoulder because her first reaction was, guess what, to fight. According to the affidavit, officers then told Walker Williams that the other people on the plane saw her pummel, love the word pummel, Hernandez, but did not see Hernandez hit her on the shoulder. Walker Williams reply, you got to do what you got to do. Sounds like a Ray Charles movie. Two kids, ages three and seven. Here's my very sensitive, well-thought-out parenting advice. Learn to control your kids. Extra points if you can guess the airline's spirit. Have you ever visited the website G-Captain? No, it's not that kind of website. It is the world's leading maritime and offshore website. Well, G-Captain gives us our first because Florida story of the year. You know it's going to involve a couple things, right? Drunk man arrested after Coast Guard locates stolen Tiki Hut bar in Florida Keys. A U.S. Coast Guard crew from Station Key West has recovered a floating Tiki bar that was reported stolen near the Florida Keys. Unsurprisingly, the person aboard showed signs of intoxication and was taken into custody by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Local reports say the man was found slumped over the wheel of the chartered Tiki Hut at 8 a.m., giving you an indication of how rough his night was. I checked out the video, and it is, as they say, a floating Tiki Hut, as in someone took a chainsaw to my deck and strapped a motorboat engine on the back of it and drug it down to the water. After regaining consciousness, I'm thinking the unnamed Florida man, Captain, had thoughts along the lines of, I realize today that my life is a vicious cycle of being drunk and or hungover, or being drunk makes walking places hard. Possibly he even had this thought, as much as I would enjoy being drunk, I think I'd better pass after last night's episode and today's follow-up. 
This next one comes to us from America's most recognized, honored, and respected frontline travel news journalist, Peter Greenberg. That's from the about page of his website, not from me. Ask the question, what's the newest hotel amenity? Well, it seems that COVID-19 tests are now part of your room deal at hotels, including Chateau Marmont in LA, Cosmo in Vegas, or Nobu in Palo Alto. By teaming up with local labs, guests may be able to get their results in as little as 24 hours. Marriott's Gaylord Hotels announced plans to begin testing in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, and their Colorado locations. Testing involving guests that are going to group meetings or conventions. Testing plans to start as early as this month. File this under, why not? It makes sense. It makes sense as in it's a lead in to bring guests back to hotels and also gives the guests a bit of a warm and fuzzy, especially when it comes to group meetings or conventions. You remember group meetings and conventions, don't you? The Travel Blogosphere website view from the wing gives us this one. Reader says Hertz sent his ex-fiance to jail over a fully paid and returned rental car. First, this is not a new phenomenon. These Hertz stories have a common thread if you dig deep into them. They usually involve switching out an originally assigned vehicle for a different vehicle or extending a rental. And if you travel frequently and you take a lot of rental cars, this is not uncommon. I don't know how many times I've traded one car for the other or extended my stay, never gave it a second thought. The issue usually arises when the Hertz employees don't properly complete the paperwork for the transaction. Duh. One customer was held in jail for 40 days over a rental that occurred eight years earlier, and another reported renting a car that Hertz had reported stolen. And it clearly wasn't because they had it in their possession and rented it. So you get the picture, right? So the view from the wing reader shares his story of what they say happened to his ex-fiance. And I want to know how he, she became ex-fiance, uh, maybe in another follow-up story. This happened on New Year's Eve. The story goes on to say, my former fiance is currently in Oklahoma County, Oklahoma, awaiting extradition to Tarrant County, Texas for a paid for Hertz rental which she extended over and over and over again. So that's three overs. It's been paid in full, yet she was arrested on New Year's Eve. The story goes on to lament. I had to contact her mother in Texas to drive to Oklahoma, five hour drive, to get her granddaughter because her mother was arrested. Her previously owned Mercedes Benz was being impounded. I mean, this story's got all kinds of twists and turns. The courts in Texas say they'll be transporting her somewhere around January 18th, almost a month in jail for a car that has been paid for. And like I said, I have extended rentals multiple times. Most of the people I work with have done the same thing, and I've never given it a second thought. I've done it without even calling Hertz to let them know they've got my credit card, but uh, may have to reconsider that. And speaking of Hertz, it got me thinking, I've only had one accident in a rental car. And with, you know, 20 plus years of renting cars, that's a pretty good record. It was probably 18, 19 years ago. It was here in O-Town and I was at one of the local, if you've never been to Orlando, this area is dotted with outlet malls. It was at one of the outlet malls 
driving down the aisle looking for a parking space and somebody came cutting across the parking lot and hit the front quarter panel of the car. Not a lot of damage, no injuries. I don't even remember if we had the cops show up. And so the next day I'm pulling into the rental drop-off lot. Obviously I'm a bit nervous, right? I've never had an accident in a rental car. Were they gonna detain me? Were they gonna put me in Hertz jail? Or was I gonna have to sign something, hand over a credit card? I had no idea. And so all these thoughts are running through my head as I pull down the rental drop-off lane. I look out the passenger window of the car, of my rental, and I look at the car next to me. It's another late model import, just like mine, except this one has the hood folded back, a cracked windshield, and at least one flat tire. Needless to say, all the anxiety left my body. But maybe all these years later, they will come after me for that accident. And uh, yeah, by the way, Hertz, uh, they've filed for bankruptcy. Also in episode 122, we asked the question, can you bring your emotional support animal on your next flight? And the answer was that the DOT ruled in late November that only dogs can be defined as service animals. So leave your cats, your pot-bellied pigs, your hamsters, your birds, your turtles, and even in one case, your peacock at home or plan to place them in the cargo hold below the flight deck. But have no fear, according to Boing Boing, there's an emotional support animal you can take on a plane because it's an AI-powered dribble. AI is artificial intelligence. The creators of this fluffy creature called Mofflin got $600,000 in funding on Kickstarter. They debuted Mofflin at CES this year, and you can order one for right around 400 bucks. So Mofflin is this AI pet created from a totally new concept. Apparently it possesses emotional capabilities that evolve like animals. They took a nature-inspired approach and developed this unique algorithm that allows Mofflin to learn and grow by constantly using interactions with people to determine patterns and evaluate its surroundings from its sensors. So all this begs to ask this question, what the hell is a Tribble? I had no idea. So uh, Tribbles, in case you are uh, unaware, are fictional alien species in the Star Trek universe. Yes, the Star Trek universe. They were conceived by screenwriter David Gerald and first appeared in a 1967 episode of Star Trek titled The Trouble with Tribbles. They are depicted as small, furry, gentle, attractive, and slow-moving, but rapidly reproducing lovable species. Thank you, Wikipedia. Well, here's why I had no idea what a Tribble was. I've never seen an episode of Star Trek. I don't have the Star Trek chip. Never seen an episode. I know Captain Kirk's name. I know Dr. Spock's name, but little else. So summing it up personally, I don't have a gambling chip. I don't have a Harry Potter chip. I don't have a Star Wars chip. And now I apparently don't even possess the Star Trek chip. Probably gonna lose my man card by summer. So like I said, this past weekend, we got away for a, a night or so down to Disney Springs while we were enjoying the quiet of a hotel room. No TV, no barking dogs, no ringing doorbells. We started talking about taking a legit multi-day getaway trip, uh, some, someplace simple, someplace relatively familiar, and you know, just kind of looking to test out the 
COVID vaccination waters? Well, the social media gods must have been listening because the next day on my Instagram feed, I get this. Amtrak auto train private rooms as low as $99, followed by available for a limited time only. Ah, the beautiful call to action. So my thought was Orlando to Atlanta. Atlanta puts us close to everything. All of the Vils, Asheville, Greenville, and then we were also close to all the Vegases, Chat Vegas, Knox Vegas. It seemed like a good base camp. Even if the $99 price was per person, that'd be less than 200 bucks for both of us. Save six hours driving to Atlanta, save six hours of driving back. And not to mention that's eight or 900 miles we don't have to put on the car. So I knew if we were to do this trip any other way, I'd have a free flight to Atlanta on Southwest. A Hertz rental for a week is eh, roughly 150, maybe 200 bucks on the high end. If I used Hertz points, that wouldn't cost anything. Even if I did that and had to still spend 200 bucks for the trip, at least I'd have a new adventure to talk about. So I pick a week right around spring break, select Orlando to Atlanta, my outbound date works, but the only return date isn't a week later, but it's 11 days later. So the trip's going to pretty much be off the table at this point. But for the lead in price of 99 bucks, I'm now wanting to see what other hurdles lay ahead. So I proceed now with my new 11 day trip. I leave Orlando on March 1st and arrive in Atlanta on March 3rd. Yes, a six hour drive has suddenly become a 42-hour trip going all the way up to Washington. And the price, $434 for coach seats. So no $99, but $434. So this, this is a 42-hour trip. So they offer me up, get this, a room for only $1,149. Well, of course, 42 hours, I'm going to need to sleep. I select the room and hit continue because I am now totally invested in this trip. My return trip leaves Atlanta on March 11th and arrives back in Orlando on March 13th, a 38 hour return trip. There's another offer of the $434 coach seats. And of course, another room for $1,149. I add that to the cart and continue to check out. So my plans of a seven day trip have almost doubled to the point of 13 days. And the cost is now not $99, not $198, but $2,298 before taxes and fees. And since they're going to be transporting my car, I'm guess there's going to be all kinds of other insurance and things that I'm going to be required to buy. In the words of Randy Jackson from not only American Idol, but the phenomenal 80s group Journey, that's a no for me, dog. And this popped up over the weekend all over the internet. Uh, the gist of it is a man lived in a Chicago airport security area for three months. Adia, A-D-I-T-Y-A, Adia Sinjay, wandered the security area of Chicago O'Hare's airport for three months before he was finally arrested. He had a return flight, but claimed he was too afraid of COVID to board it. He's charged with criminal trespass. He allegedly snagged an employee's lanyard 
to avoid being detected by fellow employees. Adia hung out in the airport's back room, and according to Boing Boing, airport back rooms are the third best kind of back rooms. <laughs> Who knew there was such a thing? Vegas hotel complexes back rooms are the second best. And if you go on Reddit and search, you will find out why. Just use your imagination. What possibly treats and toys and trinkets do people leave behind in Vegas? Well, apparently there is a back room full of them. So I'll leave your mind to wonder or just go search Reddit. You know, while this is very reminiscent of the Spielberg movie, The Terminal, this is where Tom Hanks was stuck at JFK for nine months. What alarms me about this is if airports are so secure and they can find a bottle, I think I had an aerosol can of deodorizer taken from my carry-on last time I flew. If airports are so secure, and if this story is true, how did this guy remain undetected since October? Now, Chicago O'Hare has 40 plus restaurants, so there are worse places to hide out, but it still begs to ask the question, what about security? Well, there you have it. This week's episode focused on nothing but crazy travel stories. We haven't done one in a while, but guess what? People are starting to travel a little bit more. And in turn, that brings in the craziness or brings out the craziness. If you have a comment or a suggestion or a crazy travel story of your own, leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or email me travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. I'm adding travel safe back to my closing. So travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.